Welcome to Tech Talk with Vodacom. No doubt you've heard the term esports before, and whether or not you know it, it's on the rise as an industry. But you may be under the impression that esports are simply people playing and watching video games. But there's much more to it than that. In today's episode, we're going to be unpacking the idea of esports. What is it, and how do you get involved in it? My name is Drew, and I'm joined by my co-host, Taryn. Hi, everybody. Today we're speaking to Sam Wright. Hi, Sam. Can you tell us a little bit about yourself? Hi, everyone. Uh, so my name is is Sam Wright, but people on the internet know me as Sam Tech Girl Wright because I <laughs> yeah. am a gamer, but I'm also an esports commentator. So basically, I talk about professional players competing against each other. I'm kind of like a, a football commentator, but for video games. Mm-hmm. And I've been really lucky in this chosen career. It started as something that I just did for fun. I used to make little YouTube videos, talk about uh, my friends playing games. And from there, it became an actual career. And I've got to travel literally around the world. I've been to Asia, to the Middle East, to most of Europe, to the US. I've even been to Japan uh, and Argentina, all thanks to esports and video games. Wow, that's incredible. I know. For those of us who follow you online, uh, you are always <laughs> always on the move, which looks like <laughs> a very fun career. Um, I think to, to sort of get into it, uh, if we can start at the beginning, uh, and what essentially what do we mean by esports? Like, what, what is competitive gaming? What does that mean? So esports is is a niche of of video games. So we all we know what video games are now. Most people are, are playing games. Back when I was a, a teenager, playing games was kind of weird. Like only the nerds did it. But now everyone plays games, whether they're playing games on their phone or on a console on their PC. Esports is when we take those people playing games and they compete against each other to see who's better. Uh, and it, originally, it was something that used to happen. In the old school arcades, we used to put your little two-rand coin in and, and play a game of Tekken on one of the machines. And then, you know, someone who was hanging around there would come and say, I'm actually the best here. Let's battle it. Or that you'd find out about someone else uh, at another store who was getting a really good score and you wanted to go and compete against them to see who was better. That was how esports started. Now it's a, a real competitive thing where people offer money and, and brands offer money for players to compete to see who is the best. And not only do they get to compete for that money, but it's turned into a piece of content that people can consume. So you can watch uh, these competitions online, you can watch these competitions in real life, and you get to see the best players battling it out in your favorite video game titles. It's been really interesting watching, and I know from when I was also younger and playing games, games went from being a, like a solitary event um, to slowly becoming a, much more of a social event. It's something that you, you do with your friends. You sit and watch or you sit and play together. So the great thing about esports, so like I mentioned, esports is a niche of gaming, but within esports, you have so many niches. So any multiplayer games, uh, most of them turn into esports. So not only do you have esports as a whole but different games so you've got fifa and you've got games like overwatch and valorant and fortnite and they're all esports within themselves and you can pretty much watch them anywhere because now with the internet and the fact that we're all connected around the world there's so many events happening um competitive ones for money but also just fun ones that the communities organize so you can watch them on youtube you can watch them on on twitch you can watch them on facebook pretty much also social media where streaming is is a, is available you can watch i think from what i've heard tiktok's just started testing streaming as well so i'm sure 
someone will put an esports event on TikTok. But you can also watch them on traditional TV. They've started popping up on traditional television channels. And then you can watch them before COVID. You could watch them in real life. They, they used to have events where people could physically come and sit and watch, which is really fun because you get that whole energy and the crowd is shouting. So much like a sports event, you can experience that as well. So they're pretty much available everywhere. And what's great about social media is not only can you watch the actual official events, but a lot of these professional players at the highest level, they have their own channels on YouTube and on Twitch where they're sharing pro videos and pro insights. So you can learn from them as well. I was saying to Drew earlier that um, I didn't realize that esports on traditional TV as well. And I realized this when I was sitting in a restaurant. And you know, some of these places would have TV screens with sport on it, you know, rugby or football or whatever. And it was an esport competition. <laughs> and it took me a second to realize, oh, there's a little box on the screen with two guys like sitting and playing. And it's like, a, you know, a, a FIFA match taking place. Um, and it's it's definitely, I, I don't know much about esports, so this has been really fascinating to learn and to understand more about the sector within the gaming world. Um, and I know that there are people like Trevor Noah who's kind of gotten involved. And during the time of you know COVID and lockdown, there seems to have been quite a spike in terms of people's enjoyment of esport and interest in it. Um, and locally, it's, I, I, would you say that it's definitely grown during this period? Definitely growing during the period. I think, you know, being locked down, humans are social creatures. We want to be around one another. And obviously when we were in lockdown, that wasn't possible. And so going online and playing games with your friends was actually a social activity. So I think for a lot of people, it became a way to still feel like they were connected uh, with their loved ones and with their friends. And the esports aspects of it, it became it became fun to compete. You know, I know for a lot of people who maybe didn't have time because of their job and their social commitments now were sitting at home and they thought, oh, you know what, come Friday, I can actually compete in this tournament, see how good I am against everyone else. But also it gives me a goal, which I think was really important in a time where we were mm. all feeling a little bit lost. You know, I'm going to compete in this competition and I want to do better than I did last week. So it gave people, you know, something to to practice for. That was also fun, which is the most important bit. Uh, so it's definitely grown locally. Uh, and I think with the, the data costs obviously coming down during lockdown and certain specials being opened up to try and just help everyone while they were at home, made it far more accessible as well. So we saw a lot more people jumping on and starting to play and starting to compete and who would you say in the local landscape are the like gamers to watch out for the esport players like who's the who's who in this like South African landscape right now so I've got three names that I have to mention. Two of uh -huh. them are FIFA players. So the first is a gen called Julio Beast Bianchi. He is actually an ex-professional uh, professional football player. He used to play when he was younger. Wow. He is probably the best FIFA player. In fact, I'm going to say he is the best FIFA player on the African continent right now. He actually qualified for the FIFA E-World Cup this year, the first African player to ever qualify, first South African as well. And he's won a multitude of titles uh, and is is very well respected around the world. He's played against some of the, the best players in the world. The other player is a, is a young kid who a lot of people know his story because they've heard it at some point. Tabo Young Savage Malloy. Uh, he didn't even have a copy of FIFA. He used to borrow his friend's game to play, and he heard about a big 
competition that was happening three, four years ago, mm -hmm. where first prize was 400,000 Rand. And he pitched up at this competition and he won it. Wow. Uh, and he basically went from being a 16 year old kid who was borrowing his friend's copy of FIFA to becoming the first uh, African esports athlete to be signed by Red Bull Gaming. Now, Red Bull Gaming sponsors some of the biggest esports and traditional sports athletes in the mm -hmm, world. Mm -hmm. And then the third uh, player that I think is, is a really important person to, to pay attention to is a gen called Jabi M. He is a street fighter player. So fighting games, the fighting games community in South Africa is, is very passionate uh, and actually really big. He started playing street fighter also didn't have a PlayStation. So he used to go to events where he could practice and then he would go home and watch YouTube videos on his phone to try and see how he could get better and then arrive at the venues earlier so he could play on the actual console for a bit. Eventually, someone lent him a console so he could practice. He actually has gone overseas to to compete at an event called Red Bull Kumite, which is probably the biggest fighting games uh, tournament, one of the biggest fighting to uh, games tournaments in the world. And he, he went to Japan to compete there and got such great praise from the, the players that were there. They've all been helping him. They were so impressed. So those are three gents who I think are the, the who's who, but there are so many. We've had more than more than 50 esports players travel overseas to represent South Africa in the last 10 years because esports has been going on since the early 2000s. Uh, so we've got this really cool, a very small community, but, but a very engaged, passionate mm. and talented community as well. That's so inspiring. <laughs> I think just to kind of unpack the, the actual game inside of it a bit more. So, you know, when we say sports, we understand... Uh, sports, then we say FIFA, we understand understand that you're playing a, a soccer game. But it's not just traditional sports in video game format, is it though? I mean, there's various titles where esports take place, as you said, like Street Fighter, but there's also things like Fortnite or uh, Apex Legends or, or that kind of thing. So I just wanted to kind of like understand what is what kind of games are being played for, for competitive purposes. <laughs> it's so I actually find, found out just last week that there is a Tetris World Championship. So everyone remembers yeah. Tetris. That was the game with the little blocks where you yeah. had to fit them in a line. There is now a World Championship for that where play, Tetris players will compete against each other to see who can get the better score and last longer. So when it comes to esports, so in sports, you obviously have your niches. You have your rugby, you have your football, you have your cricket, and then you have your different levels in those sports. The same goes for esports, but instead of the, the niches aren't necessarily sporting games, they can be any game that allows multiplayer mm -hmm. and an opportunity for you to compare scores uh, and some sort of winning metric, if you like. So like you mentioned, Fortnite, uh, there's shooting games. Obviously, there's there's also other games where like League of Legends and Dota, where it's a, a massive multiplayer game. So there's lots of different games, fighting games. There are the sports games that are now also competitive and then things like Tetris. Uh, so anything where you can compare scores, it, it can be an esports. Obviously, some are more successful than others. They have a bigger audience, depending. And that also comes down to how many people are playing the game, obviously, because much like sports, if you've played the game, you, you have a bit more of an interest in it. And so esports is, is really big. Those niches are, are very big. And then within those niches, you have the different levels. So you will have community events and then you'll have leagues. You'll have your big major events. So it, it's a really interesting ecosystem. And I think, again, like I mentioned, we, we tend to bunch it all together and call it esports because it's the easiest way to explain to someone who doesn't know about it. But esports within itself is is so much more complex than than just two players competing against each other. 
As a commentator, you obviously have to have a certain degree of knowledge about what you, what it is that you're talking about. Um, so just from your side, I know you you stream as well. Uh, you obviously have played a lot of these games. What What is kind of your, what's your interest in the actual commentating side and what, what sort of knowledge are you bringing into it? So I, I play games and I play games since I was young, but the problem is I grew up with a brother who was a very competitive Dota 2 player and very good just naturally at games. So he just picked up a controller and off he went. Um, took him a few minutes and he was really good. And all his friends were the same. So when you grow up in a house like that and you're not that good, so it takes me a bit longer to, to figure it out. For some reason, my brain doesn't fire as fast. Uh, and because I wasn't good, I was never allowed <laughs> to have a turn because everyone Aww. else wanted to have a turn. So I spent a lot of time, the, the times where I was allowed a turn, I'd just get moaned at for not doing it right <laughs> or for getting it wrong. Um, and then the rest of the time, everyone else was hogging the console or the PC. So I spent a lot of time watching people play mm -hmm. and as that went on it, it became pretty obvious to me that I was quite good at like understanding the the mechanics of the game understanding what people were doing and I enjoyed that and then I enjoyed retelling those stories to other people and I also became quite invested in the players stories because I found and I do think that this is is a really important aspect of anything whether it be sports or or esports we do love those stories. We love to know about those players. We love mm. to know about people beating the odds. And I became really interested in that because I think obviously growing up in a time where video games were kind of for nerds, uh, I was like, these are not nerds. These are really interesting people. Someone like Beast, you know, he played football. Someone like Jubby who was learning how to compete without actually having a console. Like that's, to me, those are fascinating stories. And mm. I love them so much that I, I wanted to retell them. And that was kind of how I fell into commentating as I started just sort of telling these stories on my own platforms. And eventually, you know, someone said to me, hey, do you want to do that on a stage? And I was like, yeah, it sounds like fun. And, and then it kind of snowballed from there. But I do have to, as much as I, I say, I'm not, I'm not nearly good enough to compete at the games. I do play the games that, that I commentate on to get a feel of, of how they play, understand them a bit better. I watch a lot of pros play. So ironically, I probably spend more time watching pros play now than I have a chance to play, which is unfair because my brother's not trying to stop me. <laughs> but there you have it. Um, and he's actually much better now at letting me play, plays games with me. So I feel like that's a, we've, our relationship has definitely grown from there. But that's kind of what I like. And for me, telling the stories, I don't want to be the star of the show. I'm not the competitive player. Even though I stream, I don't think that I'm the star. I think my strength lies in, in sharing those stories. And also I feel like if I'm sharing those stories more people will, will get invested and watch. And I'm really, it's my passion. So I want to share that with other people, which is, this whole long-winded story is basically that's how I got into commentating and why I like it. <laughs> I think that's really cool. I think it's it's all of it, like each person's role within industry plays a significant part. And your storytelling definitely um, bridges those two, you know, people who are curious and people who are doing like absolutely amazing things within the esports scene. It bridges those two things really, really well. From your perspective, somebody that wanted to get into competitive gaming, what what sort of steps should they be taking uh, in terms of, you know, should they be streaming uh, to get a name for themselves? Should they be the specific titles they should be focusing on? So I think that it's, 
it's important to to first realize that if you're getting in it for the money, you should probably not even waste your time. Um, that's the first thing. Just because, and it's much like any professional sport, the best of the best compete at the highest level and make huge amounts of money. Yeah. But for every Cristiano Ronaldo, there's probably about 50,000, 60,000 footballers who never make it, probably more. And the same goes for games, unfortunately, um, is is that there's also a, a different side of it, which is quite difficult where say, for example, you start playing and you're extremely good at, you know, FIFA, a game that changes every year. So a new FIFA comes out every year. So say this year, you're fantastically good at FIFA. Next year, the game changes and maybe there's a slight tweak that you just struggle with. So you're still good, but you're not fantastically good anymore. It's important to keep those things in mind. Um, also, sometimes games stop. We're seeing that now with a game called StarCraft, which is probably one of the biggest esports at one point. Yeah. The developers, it's a very old game. They're not really giving it support anymore. And because of that, the, there's a very passionate competitive community. But over time, they'll, that game will eventually age out. And then if you're playing in that game and that's you know where you focus, that's that's the end. So it's important to understand that it is like any sport. There's a, there's a timeline that you can compete in it and also – you know, not everyone is the best. There's for every Julio Beast Bianchi, there, there's a lot of FIFA players who aren't making any money. That's that's the first thing. And I, I think that the the problem that comes in is because with esports, it's our favorite thing to tell everyone how much money the players are making. So we always say, like, oh, 100,000 Rand prize pool, 500,000 Rand prize pool, which is interesting because if you can compare it to traditional sports like football and rugby, you never see the prize. There's a prize pool. Those players are definitely playing for money, but you never see the prize pool popping up so I don't think that you know parents aren't necessarily watching a cricket game going oh my child must be a professional cricketer because they'll be mm. so rich it's so true. Uh, but we, we do it with esports um so you need to change that mindset mm. in terms of the titles that that you wanted to choose you've got to play a game you at the end of the day if you don't love what you're doing and it's such a cliche if you don't love what you're doing you're not going to get good at it you're not going to be the best you've got to really love the game you're playing you've got to be open to studying it to watching to playing it every night to, to all of that so the titles you've got to choose the game that you love if you're lucky it's it's a game that has a strong esports ecosystem and has a lot of money behind it but sometimes the game that you could love is is a game that maybe no one's really paying attention to or noticed um you know is is a game that they should possibly get behind so it's it's a really difficult one and again much like sports i mean some people like to do curling and that's cool that brings them joy but uh, you know it's not going to put them on a billboard uh, for an underwear campaign, if you like. Um, and again, esports, the different game titles are, are much the same. So it's important to go, I like to compete and I enjoy competing and I think I'm good and I want to get better and I want to be the best. But focus on that being your target of I want to be the best. I, I would never suggest anyone gets into it for, for the money side of things. And then just the the final part of your question um, in terms of how do you how do you get involved I don't necessarily think you have to stream. I, I think a lot of competitive players I've met over the years are really good at the game, but are, are not comfortable being in front of a camera, are not comfortable talking to people. They just want to play their games. That's okay. They're good enough that they can do that. I think what you have to do, if this is something you want to get involved in, is one, you have to play as much as you can in ranked games and competitive games. So find the community tournaments. There's lots of community tournaments that run. There's no prizes. But on a Saturday, you can sit and you can play games and you can measure yourself up against everyone else. Focus on being as good as you possibly can at the game. And that doesn't only mean playing every single night. It means 
reading up, watching the the pros play. You can get access to old footage, seeing the different things they do, and then trying to analyze why they do those things, speaking to other people who are playing the game to understand, ask them, have those debates. That's the, the easiest way to get into it. And then just keep entering the tournaments. Most of the, the players in South Africa, the, the best will tell you when they started, they lost a lot. Jabi M will always tell you because, I mean, he said he went there and he was just losing. So he went home to figure out how to stop losing. So that for me would always be the situation is just play as much as you can, even if it means challenging your friends on a Sunday and playing against them. You know, you've just got to start doing that. Uh, so just in terms of what is popular at the moment, I know we've mentioned FIFA as, as a big one. Um, what do you see as kind of, do you see something new coming? Is there anything sort of making waves at the moment, which you think is going to be kind of the next big thing? It's That's a really interesting question because I think a couple of years ago, there were a very select number of titles that were the big esports titles. And now we are in a situation where games are so much more popular, more people are connected, more people are playing games. So there's just new games coming out all the time. And we've the the esports landscape's changed in that there's always like a new big thing. So obviously, you know, CSGO was there, League of Legends was there, they're still there. But now they're also competing with games like, you know, it started with PUBG and then Fortnite came in and completely changed the landscape. And that was going to be the next big game. Overwatch came with Overwatch League. That was going to be the next big game. Valorant's currently, the the Riot first-person shooter has become the one that everyone's saying will be the next big esports. I think now we need to, I don't think there's going to be a next big esports. I think there's going to be different titles and they're going to bring different things depending on on what you like. Uh, I do think that Fortnite still goes strong just because of the player base. I think there's a very competitive player base who love it. The traditional, I say traditional, but I mean, the League of Legends and the CSGOs and and the Dotas will always be popular. Um, But I do think that we'll see... The landscape changing a little bit with things where, where we just see so many new games that it'll be hard to call which one's going to be the next big one. I think we'll see lots of successful esports titles popping up as we go. For me right now, the ones to watch, I love FIFA uh, and FIFA is the most play, well, the most purchased game, if I'm not mistaken, in South Africa. So I think we have a, especially South Africa and Africa, we have a very uh, passionate FIFA community. I think FIFA competitively is a, is a really fun one to watch, but I do think that we'll see more games like the Valorants uh, and potentially I, I think an Apex Legends is, is doing a lot with their esports um, infrastructure to, to turn that into something really interesting. Uh, but yeah, it'll, it's, it's a hard one to answer. I don't think that there is a next big one because they just change so often. If you ask me this in two weeks' time, I'll have another game. I, I already do. Halo is coming out at, yeah. at the end of the year, Halo Infinite. They're going to invest a lot in their esports, so maybe we'll be talking about Halo. And I mean, that's kind of how it's moving now. It's very fast and quick. Difficult for competitive players because uh, you got to choose your game. You can't really, uh, it's difficult to jump from games to games. We've seen some people do it. They're doing it now with Valorant. A lot of CS players are moving over, but it's it's a difficult one because there's just so many games coming out that, that it could change at any given moment. And also, I mean, as you said, like, yeah, because they do change. Like Fortnite started as a single player game, didn't it? Uh, with a sort of tacked on multiplayer, which actually, and it didn't really do much. And then suddenly the multiplayer picked up and then now you wouldn't even think of it as a single player. <laughs> well, that's the thing. It changes all the time. And it's in, as we were talking, I started thinking, you know what I think is, is going to get a lot of attention is, is sim racing in the next few years, which is obviously 
virtually racing cars. We've seen Formula One drivers in what they call simulation rigs, sim rigs, racing that they've said that's how they practice. And now you can go buy those sim rigs for yourself and set them up and the games are available for you to play and can give you a completely real life experience. We've In South Africa, we saw someone win uh, a Lamborghini sim race and the prize was to fly overseas to drive said Lamborghini. So there's a lot of sim races that are now transitioning into real racing. Real races are, are sitting behind sim rigs. So that's another one that we're seeing this this growth and, and a lot of attention. And that's getting a lot of motoring fans excited because for the first time it feels like they don't need you know, hundreds of thousands of dollars to race super fast cars. They can now do it against these idols in an online setting. So it's it's just constantly changing. And like you said, the games change all the time as well. So that leads us down different paths. Um, so just in terms of sort of big events coming up, uh, is there anything specific you you really want to highlight? Like any big big tournaments that you're going to be taking part in that you think are I think people will want to want to hear about? So right now everything is online because obviously we need to keep all the players safe. Uh, but there are quite a few great South African events happening. So uh, by the time the, the podcast comes out, this event would have happened already, which is Red Bull hit the streets. But what's exciting about that is the the two players. This is a fighting games tournament, uh, and the players, the the player that wins the Street Fighter event and the player that wins the Tekken event are going to be going to Red Bull Kumite at the end of the year, which is an overseas event to compete against the best. So you'd be able to to watch that and and see their journey documented. There is a the biggest Apex Legends tournament uh, we've seen in South Africa very big prize pool I just did the thing that we spoke about earlier but there you go uh, that's going to be happening in mid-October and again you'll be able to watch it online um, and there's a few more that come up at the end of the year there's a lot of big things on the horizon with the new FIFA title I'm expecting a lot of, of FIFA tournaments and I'd be very excited to see more South Africans who've never dipped their toes into esports jumping in and entering those FIFA tournaments because I want to see some new blood coming in. So it's a really exciting time. There's lots of places where you can go online and join these communities. Uh, tournament organizers who run weekly events uh, for gift vouchers and, and money, but also just fun ones. So the two that that stand out for me is the, the first one is called Metal State. Um, so they do weekly tournaments. Uh, and then also the other one is, a, is an organization called ACGL, who also does weekly tournaments. Those two can keep you busy. And the amount of titles that they have running at any given time, pretty much whatever you, even if you play Clash of Clans on your cell phone, you'll be able to go and, and compete in a tournament on, on one of their weekends. For me, the most exciting thing about esports right now is how South Africa has finally decided to to embrace our South Africanism, if you like, because for a long time we we looked at esports overseas, you know, and it was people playing competitive games on these big PC rigs, and and those cost a lot of money mm. to to get. And I think for South Africans, that's not always an option, you know. And it's also difficult to get that tech into the country, you know. New consoles are expensive, and what I'm finding quite exciting in the South African esports landscape now is we've started to appreciate our own unique flavor, understanding that. Mobile games, there's more gamers in South Africa playing on their phones uh, and there's really fun competitive games on your phone now like PUBG, Free Fire. These are all games that you can play you know, with your friends and you just need a phone. You can compete and you, all you need is a phone. And that's exciting for me because like some of those tournament organizers I mentioned, they're starting to push more of those titles in every week so people can play and there's an accessibility to mm, it. Mm. And I also think that that's an exciting time for me. Again, like I mentioned, FIFA, definitely the most purchased game in the country. 
we're seeing a lot more love for FIFA, not only from South African tournament organizers, but also from big brands. We're seeing a lot of love for FIFA from even, you know, sporting organizations. Orlando Pirates now has a FIFA team type of thing. And that for me is really exciting <laughs> yeah. because I think for a long time we were trying to play catch up with the rest of the world and not nearly always at their level. This time we're going, you know, we've, we've now found our strengths and I think the more we we help those strengths and, and the more we, we focus on those, there's no doubt in my mind, South African esports players, they have a chance to not only take on the rest of the world, but be the best in the world. This is Tech Talk with Vodacom, changing tech made simple. Visit Vodacom now for more about the world of tech and don't forget to subscribe to the podcast.